Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. and welcome back at long last to the Line of the End Suite podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins. This is episode 170 and I'm joined for our roaring return to recording by James Jarvis and Lee Tennant. It's been some time, fellas, but instead of apologising for our disorganisation, we know what the listeners are here for. So I think it's best to just head straight into some of the key discussion points that are topical right at the moment. Obviously, it's April, so season is almost over and it could argue the season pretty much is over for Bolton Wanderers uh, in terms of our league position and you know aspirations for the end of the season. But however, we are recording on Sunday, the third of April, twenty twenty-two, the day after an away game to Wigan Athletic. The perfect time for a return, in my view. Um, just going to jump straight in, fellas. Leah, I'll start with you. Obviously, the fans will know that we had a one-all draw with Wigan yesterday. Uh, it was an eventful game, if not loads and loads of goals, but certainly loads of uh, talking points. Uh, I think it just would be very, very fair to start saying that we absolutely hate James McLean, don't we, Lee? Oh, I don't know. He's that he's that type of guy that he's just he's just box office, isn't he? He's just um you know mainly in a bad way, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, he's just um a real thorn in our side this season, isn't he, with the uh, the nature of the goal as well. I mean, it's some I think the com the I thought the commentators thought that McGinnis had got it, didn't they? I think at first he'd got a touch to it, but obviously What would have been worse for you, Lee? Which do you think would have been worse? I think it's really hard to like really hate a player that much. Like McLean's like a he's like a caricature of himself, isn't he? The way he sort of goes about his business, and he's almost like he's like the lower league sort of Aldi El Ajduf, isn't he? The way he sort of, <laughs> the way he sort of um, handles himself and the way he sort of comes across. But I don't, probably worse if McGinnis scored because he was just he was just so abject for his after you know a decent start such a couple of games, obviously when he scored at West Brom, etc. But um, I, I thought I thought I handled McGinnis. I keep saying McGinnis, but it's obviously McGinnis. Um, I thought he handled him pretty well, but like I say, with McLean, he just seems to have our number. And even though he didn't particularly play well, and obviously, obviously deserves to be sent off, he just seems to have you know some, our number a little bit this season, doesn't he? So we need to make sure that doesn't continue. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's, there's a lot of um, angst from his side, wasn't there, about the comments that Everett made in the media about him wanting to, to sign for Bolton and some maybe I think it was contract demands, perhaps the reason why that didn't come through and that's why he went to Wigan and then spouted off. Yeah. So it's like Wigan are the biggest team in the league and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. the the Instagram post uh, yesterday adding insult to injury really to try and rile our fans up, and yet we we hear that there's a possibility that he might be out for some time with with an injury. So karma almostly, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a quick peek at that um, Instagram post. It's like I own Bolton or something like that. Or something, Basically. Something. Yeah. Um, not, not so much if you can't play for the next year, but yeah, like you say, probably <laughs> a, bit, a bit of karma there. But yeah, yeah, he's the type of player that 
he's almost he's almost too obviously a, a pain in the ass to actually become someone you can really hate that much because he's just so clear. He's like a pantomime villain, isn't he? And he's just he's kind of like daft in a way. But I'll be totally honest. Whether he he's lying or Everett's lying about a situation, I don't I don't really care. And equally, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be hundred percent sure Everett's telling the truth personally. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually McLean who's who's you know said that he he never wanted to sign for Bolton and Everett's you know Everett's just stirring the part a bit. To be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't be beyond beyond the realms of possibility that's the case. But anyway, he's a bit of an an annoyance to us, isn't he? But realistically he's probably not going to be in the same league as his next season we won't have to face him probably anyway with his injury you know if, if that's the case anyway so um, yeah he's a he's, a, he's an absolute pain in the arse but he's going to be an irrelevance from that from now on I think to be honest mm-hmm no, I would agree. I would agree, J- J- James. On on that point, from uh, from what Lee's made there, obviously the, the you know inference being that we're going to going to be promoted this season most likely. Were, were we particularly impressed by them because it seems as though you know perhaps because they had the one 0 lead, your lead. Sorry, you're more likely to, to to shut up shop and sort of try and sit on it in a, in a derby game like that. Try and you know take control of the atmosphere rather than be expansive. But you know it didn't seem as though they they battered us anywhere near like what happened in the earlier game this season. Uh, no. Apparently not. I didn't watch the Wigan game because you know I I was not paying for a ticket to get to get there for half twelve with a stupid police presence to potentially watch us get battered again. I didn't think we'd get battered, but you know I didn't think we'd get battered when they played us at home either, and I was clearly proven wrong. But um, yeah, yeah, just seems to be better. Uh, I think I think they just play the style that works for them. It's not always particularly impressive with some of the players that they've got they obviously they have bits of flair with um the like the likes of McLean and whatnot but um re- really it's just a more straightforward style but it but it's effective and it's working for them and but thankfully we have we had a better squad to neutralize it that time their goal was a bit more scrappy than all the ones that they scored against us at our ground but they 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 just they just were able to do their jobs last time at our, at our place and this time they just they couldn't really break us down and for large parts of it, it seemed like we couldn't break them down despite us clearly having the advantage second half but and but thankfully a great cross from Williamson John Daddy Bavarsen sending everybody into hysterics into the ground and yeah I, ca- I can't complain especially with um, <laughs> Williamson giving it to the Wigan fans right after scored and every single player's running up and Geffen Jones beating the badge on the shirt. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. So no, it's always enjoyable when they look like they're yeah, enjoying it themselves so, and yeah. you know the passion's reflected from uh you know the, the stands on onto the pitch and, and vice versa. I, I started obviously by asking Lee how much we, we dislike James McLean, but uh, John Dalibod Varson's very very quickly becoming you know a, a bit of a hero, isn't he? Similar to to Bakayoko in scoring some late goals and you know for important results. You know I do like Dion Charles. I think he's been very very useful for us. He's in a bit of a poor for, uh, patch at the moment, but it's good that we've got those two stepping up to uh, you know take the load off off his shoulders really. Yeah, no. Um... It, it's 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 a nice blessing to have uh, with all the options that we've got off the bench. I mean, Bakayoko's proven himself a uh, super super sub style. I know he doesn't prefer that moniker, but he, he just seems to be so much better when he comes off the bench. Maybe he just does better against a tiring defence. Who knows? Uh, John Darryl Varson, he's just 
he's just an, he's just a nuisance for defenders. Um, he's always there. He may not be the most prolific goal scorer, though. He's, but as long as he scores some effective goals, he can be as non-prolific. Um, he can be as yeah, much of a nuisance as he wants. Um, Dion, probably in the same vein, kind of like Adam Lafondre when when he's out of form, he's not all that much. But when he's when but when he finally gets his goal, he gets going and he gets going strong. And it was good to hear that uh, Dapo was looking was sounding more like his familiar self that we're all used to and that we all love from the winging game. So thankfully, we're pretty blessed with options, and it's gonna sta- it's gonna stand us in good stead going into next season. Uh, a bit unfortunate we might not get to test it we probably won't get to test it against Wigan next season but hey good luck to them in the championship break a leg and <laughs> uh, I, I like that one but how many, how many of them would you like to break a leg just out of interest uh, preferably one more player whose name rhymes with uh, Bosch the penis or something like that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we like to maintain the professional standards, of course. Uh, but anyway, um, Lee, James, and I have obviously just briefly touched on on Dion Charles. Um, you know, we've been talking about our striking options, and you know, where whereas he went through a patch of form where he could do absolutely no wrong. It sounded like yesterday. You know, he could, I think he had seven touches of the ball or something like that. Mark said in in his uh, ratings article and. You know, we've had those couple of games against Chillingham and uh, Morecambe where everything he hits just didn't go in, no matter how easy the chance seemed compared to some of the ones that he'd been scoring earlier in the season. Are, are we concerned or is it just the kind of thing that happens to strikers? Yeah, I didn't, I'd like to say he was, he was I was going to say I didn't really notice him too much in the game and that's probably quite a, quite obvious why if he's only had seven touches. But yeah, I mean, it was just a really sort of scrappy, bitty game in that first half an hour. Um so, you know, it's um, it, it's really it wasn't his type of game. Let's be honest. I think he's best when, like like this Sunderland game, when a team comes and attacks us, he can get in behind with his pace and his, um, you know, his his ability to press players and 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 harry and chase down really sort of is better against like a ball playing team rather than a team who sort of like hit it long and. I'm not saying we're going to hit it long every time, but they they certainly have a style to them and a more a more direct style to them than perhaps Sunderland had that day. And I think he's a very I think what Everett might have to do is a bit horses for courses with the strikers and just just play. Well, obviously it depends whether we're playing two or one up front as well. But you know if, if we are playing a pair, then it could be you know one day that Bakayoko and and um, and Bob Varsen are, are, and more suited to a game than than Charles is. I just think he, he yeah, he, he sort of he was on a really good run of form, wasn't he? And then he then he sort of missed quite a few chances, like you say, at the Gillingham away game. He, he missed a couple of sitters early doors. Um, didn't didn't uh, didn't hit the back of net against Morkham. He hit the, hit the bar and it bounced down against Morkham, didn't it? And early doors and it just seems to have affected his confidence a little bit. But I think it's more the case of the games that we've played that haven't really suited his his attributes and his strengths really. So. I'm not not overly worried, not overly concerned. He was still putting the hard yards, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't. From what I could see, he wasn't letting his head drop too much. So, not overly concerned. But obviously, we've got the good news is we've got not just got Owen Doyle. I mean, start of the season, we just we just literally just had Owen Doyle. Um, that's that. But that was it as the main striker, wasn't it? Forgive me. Well, Bakayoko was a bit of a backup, but he was playing on the right at that point. So we just, we, you know, we just we were stuck with 
professional who, you know, if you don't get him a perfect service, he's next to useless. Um, whereas now we've got three options, three very different players, and three, you know, they seem like they're quite durable. Obviously, Bakio, that's a bad comment because Bakio has had a lot of injuries, but they look a bit more, you know what yeah, I mean? I just get, yeah, I just get the feeling that the, the three of them, it, that should be enough. You know, I, mean, I don't think we'll be looking for another striker in the summer. Um, will there be enough goals between the three of them? Debatable. The qualities between the three of them, I think, uh, are quite sort of, they complement each other quite decently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right. Whether you know we need to recruit another striker or not is sort of uh, probably not going to matter because I think we've done. You know, you spent a reasonable amount of money making sure that we've got those guys in in, in January alongside other areas of the squad that we've strengthened. Um, one of the things that we're going to come on to a little bit later is you know what areas of the squad need to be strengthened to have a real challenge next season. Uh, but one of the players who we did bring in in January who seems to be finally coming back into his own, having come back from injuries, uh, is Carl Dempsey and. Uh, we're hearing quite a lot of uh, positive reviews about his uh, performance off the bench, um, Lee. But the, my other question to you was going to be, is he now going to be the kind of person who comes in to replace MJ Williams fairly regularly? Because Williams has had quite a poor two months, even though the side is um, overall, the form has picked up. Yeah, I did notice he, he was, um, he, he wasn't our worst player yesterday. I mean, I think probably has to go to Kachunga or Ameson, but... Chunga did little nice bits of play, but just gave the ball away way too much. And Ameson, I had to double take when I realised he put the ball in because the eye fellow cut out when we scored and I had to watch the replay and I thought, is that Ameson swinging that lovely ball? But yeah, I think I think um, to answer your question rather than go off on a tangent, I think um, Dempsey was, uh, he was obviously pivotal coming in and I think MJ was, um, he's just, he is limited, let's be honest. He's not, He's, he's never a championship footballer um, unless you give him a very, very specific role in a team that sort of maybe just plays on the counter and he's literally just a sitter, uh, maybe in a double pivot with another more defensive midfielder potentially as well because I don't think he can do everything that he needs to do in a, in a, in a defensive midfield position on his own. He, he doesn't. He's not agile enough to get around the pitch. He's got a good engine, but he's not quick and agile enough to do the work of two men, if you know what I mean, defensively, if, if a team's set up like that. So, he's, um, I I think, at his best, he's good enough to do to be in the team and be in a team that could get us out of this league. But if he's not at his absolute best, he's not good enough, if you know what I mean. His mm-hmm. sort of average level is not good enough to be in a team that's pushing to get out of the league, in my opinion. Um, he needs to be at the peak of his game to be in, to get in the side. And I think Dempsey's got more to his more to his all round game than, than than MJ has quite clearly, I think. But um does Dempsey have the discipline that Williams has got to play? I mean Dempsey's more of a box to box player. So if you're playing Dempsey and Morley as a two, um, is that gonna be sufficient defensively to not allow big gaps to appear and and players running straight at our centre hours, whether that's two or three of them in the back. So it's just, it's a, it's a. I don't want to write Williams off because I think he's he's got a really good character and he's done really well to come back from such a bad injury as well, where it looked like he may even have to retire at one point. Um, he's playing for apart from obviously for Liverpool, he's playing for you know the biggest club he's played for. He didn't really didn't really break through at Liverpool properly, did he? So you know he's probably at the pinnacle of his career, I would say. Um, and it's just it's hard to know whether he's going to feature as much. But I think it was quite telling that 
Ever took him off, um, whereas I don't really remember taking him off in any other game this season, um, apart from when he got injured, I think was it at Portsmouth. Um, yeah, it's, uh, certainly unless it was a precautionary measure. No, he's, he's not taking yeah. him off for a tactical reason, I don't think. No, I've never seen that before. So that that made me think he's ever starting to realise that he could be part of whatever the problem is at the time on the pitch. Is, is he maybe part of it rather than, um, you know, his trusted lieutenant that he seemed to seem to be before. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's probably one of those ones we'll come on to a little bit later about where we need to improve look- looking for next season because I think we had been so reliant on him and then we've gone through a couple of windows now we've brought in other midfield options and it sort of let us realise what actually is out there and, you know, that there might be the possibility to improve upon someone who, who has been so reliable. But, you know, time, time waits yeah. for no man. You see a lot of teams get promoted uh, you know, I, I imagine that you know. Let's say, for example, Forest Green go up from League Two this season. They'll do a, a very big overhaul for, for their squad to be able to cope with the demands of League One. And you know, it, 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 some people do fall by the wayside. Um, and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I expect that to happen to Williams. But I think uh, I think Dempsey does have the scope to to you know play to a higher level and has has shown that in the past and is starting to show some of the best football that he's played at Bolton. Um, one of the other people who has been sort of uh, very, very impressive in that midfield and was going to come on to sort of my main point about whether, you know, looking at a side like Wigan yesterday, James, who are going to probably be in the Championship next season and therefore have, you know, a, a quality standard midfield that we can compare ourselves to. Aaron Morley's been a mainstay um, of that midfield since coming in. But then we also have to factor in Kieran Lee and, uh, and Josh Sheehan to potentially come back and challenge for that for that spot. If you were to pick... You know everyone's fit, and your your best midfield three, assuming that we're either playing three five two or um, a four uh, four two three one. Where where, where do you see uh, th- those people lining up, and who would you be picking as your as your mainstay of that midfield three? Uh, for playing the um, three four one two, um, Dempsey, um, Morley, and um, Lee. If we're playing the four two three one. Um, MJ, Morley and Sheehan. Um, MJ works in the 4-2-3-1 because it allows him to be a sitter. In the 3-4-1-2 in formation, he has to be a lot more mobile, which, as we all know, he's not his, str- he's not his strength. Um, he has to make up more of the yards because we've got, we'll have Ameson, Johnston, Santos all sitting back, all doing his job uh, that he's best at instead of him being able to sit back and cover for for the marauding fullbacks, um, that, that's why he thinks he works better in that formation. He doesn't work in this one. Um, Dempsey covers all the yards and the mobility, but still has that strong enough defensive presence that he can cover when he needs to, especially in the three four one two. Same with same with Kieran Lee, who has that same kind of engine. Morley's um, just all around probably the best passer of the ball we have at the club. Over the, I mean, potentially George Thomason with a few long, long passes, but there's a lot of weaknesses Thomason's get Thomason's game that. Morley, I must admit, I'd forgotten about him to be honest. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of weakness to Tom to Thomason's game that Morley does better than him. No offense to the lad, but that's just how I see it. Um, yeah, Sheen and Lee is a really, really hard one to pick between because, in a sense, they're kind of similar players. So, so I don't know. I just think I just... Sheehan has a bit more of a um, goal-scoring instinct, hence why I'd play him in the 
behind the striker in the four, in the four two three one. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to choose between both. I don't, and I would not want to be Ian Everett next season when he has to make those decisions, especially if he even chooses to potentially add to that by you know letting Thomason go out on loan or get, accepting a bid for likes of Darcy or or MJ or something like that or I, I don't know I really would not want to be in Everett's shoes regarding the midfield or or the or or for choosing the forward line next season either I was going to say um, James sorry I was trying to butt in there a couple of times um, in regards to, to, to choosing between Lee and Sheehan it, it would just surprise me if both of them are fit at the same time for very long they both seem a little bit um, we know with Kieran Lee's injury issues and, and Sheehan seems to be rather unlucky with his ACL I think is that the third time he's done it in his career already I think it so might be yeah. I, think, I think it's I think it's unlikely that Everett's going to have to, have to choose between a fit Kieran Lee and a fit Josh Sheehan well, for certainly the majority sadly are at Cam as well so that's yeah, yeah I was going to say yeah, that good, was going to be my point, yeah. point well, well that's his favourite position sadly yeah, I, I, I promise I'm not seeing enough of sadly. I've seen enough of him to say I don't, I wouldn't play him as a wing back. But Everett seems to think otherwise, and he's worked in a couple games, so I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think sadly he can make up either the defensive yards to make to properly play that position. But he's he's coping there for now. But uh, Cam, yeah, yeah, just just another headache on top of a headache for Ian Everett. Yeah, it was nice to have options. It is nice to have options. I mean, uh, you know, I think sadly has been relatively impressive and played in the number ten role um, in, in some of the games that I've seen. Even in that debacle at Burton, I think he was the only shining light that came out of that. Um, and certainly throughout his career, you know, he, he, there's a proven record there of being able to nick a goal, um, which makes him a useful asset. And he, he also seems to have bought into the philosophy quite well, and you know, become quite a popular figure based on you know some of the training videos that we've seen and things like that. So. It's always, it's always nice to have those options, and I think we've got a very well fleshed out squad at the moment. Um, but I think it, it probably naturally comes on to you know one of the points that you, that you raised, Liam, when we were you know discussing sort of a, a plan of action for for this podcast as to you know what what kind of positions we need to improve upon in the side. James there has you know listed quite a few options for the midfield, quite a few options for the forward line. Perhaps they're not the biggest areas of concern. I think what I'd, what I'd put to you straight away, because obviously since the last time we recorded, Marlon Fossey wasn't a Bolton Wanderers player, probably not even someone that we'd actually heard of, but he's got to be sort of top of the list of people that you want to try and bring back next season if it's a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you saw his Instagram um, post the other day with his um, like with his highlights of his Bolton career, basically about two minutes, yeah. like a nice, nice sort of... Uh, garagey sort of whatever whatever genre of music it was behind him. It was quite an enjoyable two minutes watching out. Just how good he was, sort of his body, mo- his like movement and his swerves and his the way he just goes past players. I didn't even I didn't realise he was quite that good at just sort of getting past the man as well. Just like looking at it because you don't really watch it back. I, I certainly don't watch like um, games back. I don't. I barely even watch highlights unless we've sort of tanked someone four 0 and then I'll, I'll watch it two or three times to enjoy it. But. You just so that was once in the last decade, then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, although we've done all right this season, we had a six, another four, another five, two. We've done, done, done okay this season, but anyway, yeah. So, like, obviously with Fossey, whether that was just look at me, this is my showcase and my time at Bolton, but it was like a very sort of um, gushing sort of. Uh, like a very like a, I'm very proud to have played for the club sort of thing and. 
it makes you think, will he come back? But I just think there's going to be bigger fish to fry for him. Someone's going to come in through on the back of that loan spell, even though the the only saving grace is he's got injured. So the sample size is what? A dozen games? Was it roughly about a dozen games he played for us? It wasn't much more. It can't, can't be yeah, much for, for argument's sake, I'd say that. Um, I've not checked again. I'm not, not, usually, I'd do a bit of research, but with twin babies, it's bloody, bloody impossible. So, um, so in regards to the Fossey, it may just be that his injury might just have paved the way that he, he may well sign for us on a on a permanent deal. Because at the end of the day, if he signs for us for a couple, I think I don't think he's out. Of con- Has anyone confirmed this? Whether he's out of contract with Fulham? I think he's it's the following summer. Yet. I think he's got one. More yeah. So for me, I think Fulham. Will be daft to because um, I think they're I think they're right back option because it, it I mean it's very much dependent on what Fulham's options are because I think they're, they're he right plays back right back for them Premier League absolutely no he, what do you say he would fit right in the Premier League no no I said they'll get a right back in for the oh, oh yeah I mean, well what they've what they've generally done is is buy a whole new squad and then ditch all the ditch Tim Ream ditch all the um, all the lads who've got them up um, and then. Try try someone else and they go straight back down again. So maybe they'll change that sort of strategy. Who knows? I but well, I think he's competing with um, Kenny Tete for that's it. Yeah, yeah, but he's um, been in. There is another though, one, but he? I can't remember the, the name. Can't remember the guy's name. I know it's another another sort of foreign uh, French or Dutch lad or something. No, I, I think they've got Nico Williams in on loan as well. But you know that's obviously he might, so you yeah. can't predict for the next season. He, he he you'd think he might come back again in the summer. Anyway, we're not here to talk about foreign transfers, but it is obviously pertinent. <laughs> it is pertinent to whether he comes back what they do obviously so it is important so I mean it just totally it's totally dependent it just makes me think did his injury come at exactly the right time for us to have a chance of getting him back or did it come well yeah basically I think that's the only positive from his injury that we'll get him back myself are you right yeah I'm not I'm I'm about 30-70 that we won't I just think there'll be other teams that have got I just think there'll be championship clubs who see him and see his potential and think I'll I'll bring him in, but I think there's more chance of us. I think there's a big chance of us getting him back um, if Fulham um, loan him out again, or if Fulham get a bid of say one point five. Not, they're not going to get a lot for him, are they? They're not going to get like three, four, five million based off 10, 12 games. They might get a million for him off like a Luton or uh, a Millwall or someone you know someone in London down there or the, the thing is he's 23 sort of, and he's not played you know yeah, anywhere it's he's a big gamble up to 30 it's, games something like that because he just had so many injuries all over the time yeah. like the, the people that I know who, who, who know Marlon Foster from like Fulham Academy and things like that just say if it weren't for those injuries he, he, there's no way in hell he'd be, he'd be slumming it down in, in League One and you can see why yeah. you know the, the athleticism the pace the you know the, the ability to win headers is the one that baffles me. Yeah, just, yeah. It was like Kyoso; he's fantastic in the air. He's, he's just yeah, really agile, isn't he? Yeah, he's just—he's so agile. He's just there's not. I couldn't really. I was trying to think of. Um, I think after the Sunderland game, I did play ratings, and I was trying to think of like a, a weakness to his game. But I think there was just, just like strength, bodily strength on a one-on-one. Um, with I think I think Patrick Roberts sh- shrugged him off to get that chance in the last, literally the last knockings of the game when someone was trying to get a goal back at five, five or six yeah, and down. Yeah, so right, like that was, right. well, I mean... If you're going to play you, wing back, let's be honest, defensive strength is... Not oh yeah, that's that's not, I mean, it's not like even that important. Down. Yeah, sorry, sorry Joe, I didn't mean Yeah, exactly, it's not that important, is it? But, I mean, especially when you're six, five nil up and you're allowed a lapse in concentration when you're five, six nil up and you've been a big part of the reason why you're up, you know, you're winning the game so easily, but... I'd, I'd, I'd be absolutely, I'd, I'd be so thrilled to bring him back in. It'd be, it'd be about as 
I think it's as important as us getting Dapo back last summer that we get Fossey back this summer that we we have a promotion push because I think but you just you just worry that he is made of glass a little bit it's, you just want someone who's a little bit more robust don't you like there's not many there's not that many players who are so robust that they just don't break down but yeah, yeah but sometimes you have to take a gamble on those players I mean we course did, you that, did. We did that yeah, with, course um, you. Kieran Lee last season and he proved to be an absolute masterstroke yeah absolutely yeah. even even Kieran Lee Kieran Lee's only been available for what I'd hazard a guess at sixty percent of the Bolton games that he's that yeah, he's he been that the club. I'd, I'd probably yeah, say, I'd probably say seventy or eighty. He's actually been. He might have been a few games. He might be. You might be right. But that's. <laughs> but what what my point was is that's enough. And even if Foss is only available for fifty percent of our game that season, that could be the difference between promotion and and um, and not. But we just we just don't know at this stage, do we? We're just, we're just speculating. My exactly. my yeah, my hunch well, is. At this point as well, even if he can't play all those games, say we do get him back for next season, even if he can't play some of those games, we've got two other options there at least with Lloyd Isgrove, who mm, might also well, be at the same time. But we also might have, also be made of glass, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but we also have um, Geffen Jones as well. And it's it's very unlikely that all three of them are going to be injured at the same time. So, Not impossible, but yeah. I don't know. This is Bolton Wanderers, James. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think um, I don't think we're going to go through an injury crisis like we did through this season, as, especially no, as well uh, during this summer. Uh, um, we're likely to be recruiting to strengthen our depth even more, especially adding to the uh, defensive positions where we're probably uh, the most lacking at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. No, absolutely. I, th- I think the only other point I was going to add on top of that was you were talking about, and this is a very much touch wood situation, um, people who uh, don't break down and seem to have that consistency, That it, I think we're very, very fortunate that we've not had to see any kind of injury crisis that's involved Santos at this point, because uh, yeah. we'd have been well and truly buggered had... had uh, and he, you know, had the similar kind of injury record to, let's say, what Jones has had over the last two years. Because as consistent as you know, people like to make out that Jones has been, he has been, uh, he has been missing for for two relatively long periods because because of, of injury as well. So we need Rico to a stay at the club and b not have you know not fall foul of the Bolton injury crisis because that would be an absolute disaster. Um, and with regards to Fossey, I think my only two cents would be that it reeks of a Djokovic situation to me. Where we're all going to get mm. our hopes up, seeing him is absolutely crucial for next season and never see the sod again. And I, I would have given my uh, my left no, arm no, for, for no, Djokovic to have come back. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> can't, can't argue with that. I'm so, I've got I've got I've got to be a bit less uh, less pessimistic, but uh, no, 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 do that to He's older than us, James. He, he's used to this by now. <laughs> I was going to say something like Jack did in there, um, James. Keep the faith, lads. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. No, I don't. He, he, he talks too much sense to be Jack did. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on, uh, other positions that we think we probably need to improve. Uh, the one that I was going to raise to you, James, um, and I'm sure I'll get pelters for this from, from the listeners because he seems to be a universally popular figure uh, on the terraces. Um, I think we can do better than James Trafford, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that he would you know, come back after a, a good loan spell and because it's Man City, you know, he might be looking at things further afield. But honestly, I, I think he he has been very, very fortunate to be in a side that has been a lot more defensively solid, to have not faced an awful lot of shots and not have an awful lot to do to deserve the reputation that he seems to be cultivating here. But, you know, that's just my view on that. Yeah, yes, yes and no. Um, I'd argue that he's a better keeper than when we signed Joel Dixon. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue against that, to be honest. Yeah, so I definitely wouldn't be against bringing Trafford back next season, especially if we... 
do like we said before and we solidify the defence even more, then goalkeeper becomes even less of a um, problem position. And especially if he comes back, he'll be playing in a team that he's used to. He'll immediately gel. And um, yeah, yeah, who knows? It, it might be for the best to bring Trafford back next season, especially since it seems like the lad really wants to um, play regularly. So I wouldn't be against it. Um, though I do kind of agree. For most of the games he's played, he's not been truly tested for the most part. Though that doesn't seem to be... Obviously, that's not entirely a bad thing. We can't really complain about that. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'd, he's not been able to show off his shot-stopping skills really so it's kind of hard to say how good he's going to be at, uh, in that regard so maybe if we want if we want something like that we can definitely look at someone else other than Trafford but mm, it, 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 it wouldn't be the worst thing to to bring him back as first choice again next season if he's up for it but if he's but if he's not up for it or if he fancies himself going on loan or joining another club higher up the field I'd wish the best of luck to him because the lad's clearly ambitious and yeah, and I'm sure we'll yeah, he's clearly no got problem. something. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have no problem getting in uh, another keeper for the spare time while we while we hopefully cultivate Luke Hutchinson because I'm a sucker for a academy lad coming in and finally making it. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Although it's baffling to me how young Trafford is, what nineteen twenty, which for a goalkeeper is unbelievably young to be playing regular football. Um, but you see loads of them at the moment. You know, look at Bazunu at um, at Portsmouth. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he he's exceptional. Jamie Cumming at um, uh, MK Dons, another one who's, who's exceptional and very very young. So the goalkeepers are ten a penny to, to me, Lee. To be honest, um, so but I, I think it's definitely somewhere that we can improve upon, but. I think it just as long as you've got someone there who's not making so many costly errors that the, the entire defence is shitting themselves every time you know the ball comes forward. I think it's more reputation than actual keeping ability that we could do with really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, just think about with Trafford when when we signed him. Um, I was looking into his um, what with the XG stats, basically like what is. Um, I mean, I mean, we're what? all rightfully shitting ourselves considering he scored, uh, he conceded twenty six goals in I think it ten or eleven games at Aki and and, yeah. and that one that he threw into the net for Accrington as well. Yeah, I've seen that, that video one. that did the rounds. I think, um, I think in terms of um, from the moment that we, we were told he was going to be signing for us and clearly coming in to replace Dixon because I don't think City would have released him without some pretty heavy assurances that he was going to start. Um, then you've got to say it's a pretty resounding success really given that he get, kept clean sheets in his first four games yeah I totally agree I mean if he'd conceded in those first four games I'd have been surprised because he didn't really have an awful lot to do maybe one or two pretty soft attempts um, yeah I've not seen the games uh, the games we have conceded in at Burton um, I, I literally it was the day after um, my boys were born so two boys so I didn't I didn't, I didn't, I didn't search out the highlights obviously because why would I when we lost 3-0 I mean I wasn't I didn't even get to watch an eye follow and just saw we lost 3-0 and that was that was that I moved on so I've not looked at whether he was it was culpable for any of those but um, the home games that I've seen uh, obviously I've not been to any yet since um, since they were born on, on Valentine's Day so I'm a little I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a loss to, to to really describe how well he's done after that date um, but certainly before that date I was I was reasonably impressed with him and 
it was it's more the fact he just looks assured and he looks he believes in his own ability. He clearly believes in his own ability and he, he's someone who um it, it's difficult to to say with Dixon what was quite wrong with him because at times he looked he looked competent and obviously the penalty saves helped and but he just it looked like he didn't quite believe in it. It just looks like he didn't believe in himself a little bit. And with Trafford, the way he holds himself, like even the game yesterday, um, when he came out for the ball, he, he claimed it fairly, fairly easily. And it wasn't many times because Wigan didn't really, apart from the first 25, I thought probably Liam Richardson, Richardson thought they had the best of the first 40 minutes. It was probably just half an hour for me. And then we started to get a little bit of control, a little bit of balance in the game. But... Um, I don't think that we real that Trafford um, had much to do really yesterday, did he? Apart from he only had the one shot on target, and that was the goal. It's ridiculous, and it wasn't even a shot; it was a cross. So, like exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, like, no, I think he, the only other chance that I remember was the when McLean ran through and then you know lashed it very, very. Uh, that was that was, wide. Yeah, that was very quickly after the, the goal, wasn't it? But um, yeah. So, in terms of tra- Trafford, then the fact that we've not seen his shot stopping, and, and the fact that his shot stopping. May well be not the the best part of his game. Looking at his numbers at Accrington, where he conceded more than he would have been expected to concede, going off you know, going off his xG and post shot xG saved and all these kind of methods that you can look at these days, um, works out by sort of a, an algorithm and a computer and stuff. The eye test is the best test, I think. And and looking at it, if he, if his shot stopping isn't the, his greatest attribute. Is that a major issue for a team like us who who tend to dominate? Because I say dominate, but we tend to have at least sort of 50, late fifties, early sixties possession most games at home. That can rise up to seventy percent. It's more about concentration and assurance, and you know, it's shot stopping. You, you might only have two shots on target today with a whole game. It's shot stopping actually that important. It, it sounds daft as a goalkeeper, but are the other aspects of his game um, more? Pertinent to this, to the way Everett plays, and and is he probably the right man for the job? And I'd probably say I'd, I'd be leaning towards bringing him back in, um, just because the cost really. Because you could probably and find a key. He knows everybody else. I think yeah. that counts for a lot as well. Yeah, it counts for an awful lot. Yeah, of course it does. And I think if you bring in a keeper, maybe like a, you know like a twenty-eight, twenty-nine-year-old keeper who's like maybe been, maybe someone who's been sat on the bench in the championship, and maybe he's kind of maybe coasting a little bit towards. Not the end of his career. Someone's twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Because you can carry on for ten years as a keeper, but it, it's um, there's a lot to weigh up. Obviously, like any like any recruitment position in a football club. Um, but if we if City are happy for him to come back out, and I don't think he's done that well, that a Championship club would be going. We need him as our number one. I don't see any any teams in the Championship now thinking he's 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 the man he, he's going to be our number one next season because uh, obviously especially not compared to coming in Bazunu because yeah. that's surely where they'll go next season I think so assuming Portsmouth and MK Dons don't go up yeah so in, in regards to that it's, I suppose any any loan that's, anyone who's been loaned out the idea is they progress with every loan and the next loan you'd think for Trafford would be like maybe a mid-table championship club or maybe a team looking to like a Barnsley for the, from this season if you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, yeah but I, I don't I think if if I think Everett's quite sold on him, and I think Trafford's fairly sold on the club, it wouldn't it wouldn't hundred percent surprise me if Trafford looks at the situation and goes, "How many? You know, what is the chance of me actually being City's number one?" But he, he clearly believes yeah. in himself. But if City go, look, we'll, we'll let you go for a nominal fee and you know three hundred grand or something like that, and you, you can make a career for yourself at Bolton. I won't be I won't be over surprised if we sign him on a permanent, but I, I think 
Um, I think he's probably the right man for the job. Just about, I'm yet to be 100% convinced, but I, from what I've seen, I'm, I'm happy enough for him to have the gloves. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, th- I think if it might have been, you know, better for the eye test if we'd have seen him in, in when we were struggling more. Um, you know, during those times when Dixon was was throwing things into the net and you know having a real bad time of it, it would have been nice to see what his a uh, what his metal w- was like there. Um, Trafford, I like the way he comes across. This. Um I think that makes a huge difference, especially you know in uh, those games that you're trying to see out of the. the, the Humidity of, of goalkeepers that we've had in in you know recent years for coming out for crosses and things like that has really really you know done my head in. Uh, it, it just takes the pressure off everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I like I like his confidence when doing that. Um, but you know yeah maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're not seeing him being tested from a shot stopping point of view all the time because it means our defence is, is is doing a semi reasonable job. So yeah no it was just a you know a topic of debate that I decided to bring forward because I, I think it's interesting that there's been just so much universal positivity towards a guy who we're yet to see the best of, I, I would it's argue. But um, he's also a massive shithouse. Yeah, no, it's probably that as well. It does help. I mean, it's the reason why people fell in love with Dion even before he started scoring goals. Yeah, it's about time we had one as well. We just we haven't had... Everything, everyone's been a bit too nice, haven't they, in the last like, few years? Oh, we, we, we've been a soft touch for years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Carl Henry was the last one, wasn't he, before, before yeah. Trafford, probably. It's Carl Henry. I miss Carl Henry. <laughs> he, he, he was absolutely dreadful to watch playing for QPR and Wolves. And then the second he played for us, loved him. <laughs> that man. <laughs> complete, uh, complete hypocrites, us as football fans. But uh, anyway, yeah. what, what can you do? Um, uh, the, the thing I was going to uh, then move on to from, from there, yeah, before we sort of have a, a little bit of a guessing game as to who we think you know, we might be uh, in the same league as us uh, in League One next year from a going up and going down point of view in the Championship in League Two, was uh, you know another topic that you suggested, Lee, in terms of um, uh, people who are out of contract in the summer or you know the, the following summer that we'd like to tie down because they've been impressive. Just wanted to start out with the people who are out of contract in this summer. They are um, Alex Baptiste, Liam Gordon, um, Adam Senior, Luke Hutchinson, Finn Lockett, and Andrew Tut. It from from they're the ones who I think you know would be under consideration for you know being re-signed. You know, obviously Matty Alexander, Liam Edwards, and Jay Fitzmartin. You just imagine you know would he, if they are going to be re-signed, be under the radar, and they're most likely going to be moved on. Nathan Delfonso as well, of course, but you know we don't need to discuss Nathan Delfonso. Um, you know to just depress everybody. Uh, James, I'll come to you first. Obviously, with that list of Baptiste Gordon. Uh, Tut Senior Hutchinson. Anyone sticking out to you as someone that you'd like to keep on? Uh, That's a no, then. The weird thing, the weird yeah. thing was. <laughs> the silence is deafening, I think, is what you'd say there. If you'd asked me a couple months ago, I probably would have said, yeah, I'll keep Gordon, but he just seems to have completely disappeared off the map. I mean, I know he's been on the subs bench, but when you've got a, a, a winger who can't really defend playing in your position, it's a really bad look for mm. you. So, shame. So. But so yeah, probably just uh, some, probably mainly just the um, kids like like Hutchinson, Lockett, Senior, Fitzmartin. Probably just give them an extension, and then Tut's really unfortunate. But he, he he's a he just seems to be his legs just seems to be made of glass this season. Baptiste obviously getting to the end of his career anyway, and yeah, yeah, Gordon's just been really unlucky. So I I. There's no one really going out of contracts who'd be a major loss in my eyes, which is bizarre to think as a Bolton fan. When was the last time that happened? I don't know. This, this forward thinking, I'm not used to it, really. 
Yeah, so it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, I think you know, obviously, obviously, the one that we're going to come on to in a moment is, is Santos, and that's sort of the big one for uh, 2023 that we're looking to try and uh, try and extend to, to cover our own backsides. My words, he'll sign a three-year deal. <laughs> yeah, it depends where though. <laughs> <laughs> depends where. Uh, Lee, have any advances on on those? Do you, do you think you know, from a squad depth point of view, any of those uh, players that we mentioned will be uh, needed to be kept on? I was just doing some Nathan Delfonso research while you were talking then, James, and he started, I, I wanted to do a bit of lying because no one would check, but I'm, I'm going to be fair to him. It looked like he start, every game he started with Bradford, he's lost. And he's just been on the bench recently without going on, which is quite funny. And then he's... Well, Mark Hughes um, he's, isn't in it yet. He, he's not no, he's not. He, he was on the bench yesterday, he didn't come on, despite the, the loss late on, to be fair. So it's not like they were, they were chasing the game for long. But... Um, yeah, he's, he started four. They've won. They won the first game he started, and he's they've lost every other game he started. Um, so he's just been on the bench, and uh, when he, even when he's come off the bench, and they've basically lost those games. So they just they just basically just keep him on the bench. You stay there, Nathan. You just get your splinters in your ass. And but anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, obviously he's someone who's definitely going to go, despite him being obviously decent mates with Everett, which is the reason he came in. Let's be honest, in the first place, because his pedigree wasn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, in the first six weeks, he did all right. Let's be honest, bad, he did, he did he okay. No, for League Two level, but... no, he wasn't. He wasn't. No, he was, he was no. fine. And, and he was fine. This is the thing. Yeah. It was just. A, it was just an attitude problem more than anything else, as it has been throughout yeah. the entire career. You just wonder whether he's going to look back at it when he's fifty and just think, "I was actually quite good at football." What one? Yeah, he is good at football. In the lower leagues. Yeah, he, he is actually quite good at football. When he like decides to run the ball, you can you can see he's actually got some talent. It's just. Um, I don't, I don't hate the guy. He's, 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 he did a decent job for us getting out of the league, and he's just not up to it now, which is fine. And I don't imagine we're paying him, you know, a crazy amount of money compared to what some players have been paid by a club in the past. So you know, exactly. good, good luck, good luck, and you know, not good. You know, there's no need for good riddance. Good luck with your rest of career. He's, he's not bad mouthed anyone. He's just he's just not up to it, which is fine. But I didn't want to have a go in then. But I kind of did no, tongue no. in cheek, tongue in cheek. But um, yeah, like you say, um, tough. It's a no-brainer. You can't you can't give someone another contract who's never going to get anywhere near the team and who's been injured all season. That's an absolute no-brainer. He's gone. Um, obviously, Hereford Lockett um, would like, certainly like to to think that he'll be offered another deal if he can prove a, a level of fitness between now and the end of the season in the in the Central League. Um, Hutchinson, you'd you'd have thought. I think he's just on a one-year deal, isn't he? You'd have thought with the noises that came out of Everett after he got recalled from Everton Coles that he'd certainly get another year at least. Um, We've got no other sort of young keeper apart from uh, is it Ellis Litherland in under eighteens and another lad who I'm not sure the name of. So um, you, you like... know that we don't know that you just enjoyed showing off that you did. <laughs> um, so obviously there's Adam Senior um, who seems to score every game that I notice him playing in. Weirdly, like I think he whenever he I notice he's, he's quite good in the air for a short defense. Yeah, yeah, he's not that short, is he? Six foot. He, he, he's short in comparison to a few other defenders. To some, yeah, but he's more of a. Well, he's just say, next to Rico. Anyone short? Would you say exactly? Would, would you say he's more of a fullback? Would you say he's more like? Well, obviously he's played. That's where he's played when he's His come best in. Position would, is similar to how Brockbank was at right centre. Right centre back. He, he in a three, play, he yeah. can't play right back properly, and he can't play centre back properly. He's best in a three. It's very specific, and when, when you think that Gethin's probably an absolute shooting for that position, unless we really can't bring anyone else in as right wing back, then his chances of actually breaking through are fairly limited in that sense. But I mean, to keep a lad, 
I don't think he, he wouldn't be pressing to leave the club, would he? He's a Bolton lad. He's only young, so he's, he's only what he's got to be twenty now, yeah. and he's surely. Yeah, he's twenty. It, there's not. Yeah, like, I mean, if Darcy can get another year, there's not. Yeah, exactly. Senior couldn't get another year. Exactly. Like I mean, position we're a lot lighter on than midfield. If you if you said to me like the toss up between you you had to let one of them go, obviously these hypotheticals are pretty pointless because there's absolutely no scenario in the world where you have to let one of them go and not sign the other one. But it, but if you said to me you have to you know gun to your head, you have to keep one of them. I keep seeing you all day long. I, I don't see Darcy's Darcy's lack of physicality for me is an absolute killer. He can't even get in Queen's Park team. I was looking. They played today. He's not playing. I was, that's, that's a shame. I was, he's not playing, mate. I, I looked. I looked today. He didn't start for Queens Park today. Let me just see if he came on. I'll be able to find out pretty quickly. So there's no too, too much radio silence. Yeah, One second. That's no, right. I mean, all I was going to say was, having scored that, yeah, having scored that absolute screamer. You know, you'd have thought that would have been endeared him to, to the. No, he's, he's, he's barely played since. Yeah, I'm yeah, just. But um, yeah, but all, aren't all those Scottish team squads always hyperinflated with players? Anyway. Well, they're not going to be hyperinflated with much else, are they? <laughs> I'm just having a look now. I'm on the wrong bloody day. I'm, look, I'm looking at I'm looking at Nathan Delfonso's um, stuff from yesterday. I'm on the wrong bloody day, aren't I? Oh God! Next anyway, getting Reese Greenwich's chances of getting a bloody contract. Absolutely oh, zero. I forgot about Greenwich. I forgot hey, about Reese Greenwich. He's, he's done. He's done well to like even he's get a, like, a regular gig in the chat. No, nothing. I think that, wait a minute, Queen's Park drew one all and Ronan Darcy didn't even come off the fucking bench. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that tells you everything you need to know. He was on the bench and the manager just thought, the manager's bloody Owen Coyle as well. He just took the, he just took the job. Oh, well, there we go. That's exactly why Darcy's not so playing. If, so if Owen Coyle... He mustn't have done too well on the ping pong the day before. But, um, or he beat Coyle at head tennis. There's a good chance that's why he didn't get on in there, but exactly. I think I, I mean obviously Darcy's not even in the conversation because um, he's got another year, which is mental to me because he's just shown nothing really. Uh, let's be honest. You know, he's had one goal away at Lincoln when we got beat up five one. That yeah. He, apart from that, whenever he's played, I mean, I think when he came on against Bradford at uh, that time and he he tried to he. He went for goal, I think. The corner. Oh no, he went to the corner when he should have. Anyone with any football ability would have just scored. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to be too harsh. But to me, he doesn't look like any. Um, he doesn't look like he's going to make it. But that, again, we're not. We're not even talking about um, you know next year's contracts that much. Talking about this year, but I just just running through tangents of conversation. I think we can all agree that all the all the lads who are going yeah. out of contract. I'm pretty sure we will miss maybe a, I think, a couple. Of I think I think I think Gordon's. Sorry, James. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. I think Gordon's probably Gordon's probably twenty five, seventy five. That he gets another year. Um, I think Hutchison will get another year. I think Herford Lockett, if he proves some fitness, should, should get another year. Given his exploits before his injury, obviously. Um, He's clearly a talented boy, isn't he? Herford yeah, Lockett. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Seni is the one. Um, I'd be giving him. A, what's the harm giving him another deal? I mean, you, you're going to need some depth to the squad. So, what's the harm? Baptiste surely going to retire, so he just takes over Baptiste's role as a backup. But and he's we very do popular need... as well. Seen, yeah, exactly. Popular. Yeah. What was it? Reese told us that he was out playing golf with uh, with Ever with, with a, in, a, in a four ball, which included two of the staff, and then just Adam Senior, 19 years old, rocking up and playing golf. Clearly, he's really popular. It's random that, isn't it? But um, I think we we definitely need to improve centre half. As good as Ameson's cross was yesterday, his general game was absolutely awful. But it, to, to me, he's, he's played every game I've seen Ameson playing this season. I think he's done well. Um, yeah, especially he's had the left it, side of centre half. 
he is, but he's got a little bit of bring the ball out of defence about him. He can drive forward, and because he's such a big bloke, he, he players don't really try. Left side of yeah, yeah, he's left. Right he's been defender. He's been better on the left, but he's right footed, though, isn't he? Yeah, is he? Am I going mad? Yeah, no, he is. It's very strange. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Johnston, you wouldn't in a million years put him on the right hand side because he is all, all left foot. Yeah, Ainsley seems to you know do, do a lot better in, in that role. Um, but you know, what, what can you do? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's I've pretty much covered that. I think I think, like I say, there's there's Baptiste Gordon, Hutchinson, Erford Lockett, Tut, um, and then you're looking at Liam Edwards. We haven't even mentioned Liam Edwards, have we? But if he can't get in Southport team, last time I checked Southport team a couple of weeks ago, he'd not been in it for a few weeks and he'd been on the bench. So if he's on the bench at Southport. Just forget it. He's, he's gone. You know, there's absolutely yeah, no chance. There can't be any sentiment really for these kind no, of things. No, I feel sorry for you know, We need to get promoted next year. We need to focus on making sure that every available resource is spent on someone who's going to come in and really exactly. the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. All, all, all I would ask then before we move on to, you know, the predictions for who, who's going to be in our league next year. Um, James, you've already said that you think Rico will sign a, a new three-year deal. Lee, very quickly, what do you think? Who was that? Sorry, I just got slightly distracted. Rico, is he oh, signing right. a new, year, new deal? Is he going to be moving on, do you reckon? What, you, you think he'd sign an extra three years on top of his year? So it'd be like well, that's what years. James does. But you know, we, we, let, we let James have his little fantasies from time to time. Yeah. I'm intrigued to hear what you actually I think. Don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's... Is he is he good enough that he's going to play? I wouldn't see the point in him moving to another club in League One. So, like, I can't imagine someone would come in for him in League One. I mean, the team's coming down from the Championship, which looks like 99% sure it's going to be Derby, Barnsley and Peterborough. There's only really Peterborough who would who would have the money to sign him out of them. And Peterborough... Uh, been there. And, he, and he, he left and cut his ties quite badly with them, apparently. McCann, Derek McAntony... Um, Spoke about him in one of his hard truth podcasts and said, "If he wants to apologise, he can." Or something. So there's, there's absolutely fucking zero chance. Yeah, I know, I know, but I know that. I'm not saying that Sanders was at fault. He probably wasn't, but um, I, I certainly don't think he won't be going back there. So look, I'm just you've got to always think of who's who's actually going to sign him. I don't really see anyone is, who would sign him. He's a, he's our captain as well. Like this isn't a side fit situation where he clearly proves yeah. himself to be an absolute toss pot. <laughs> and so you need to ship him out. No, no, he's a he's a reliable captain. He's been a reliable player. And what better yeah. stamp statements there than by offering a decent contract? I, th- I think he loves the club, and I think I think he probably would sign it. I'd, I, it would have to be someone pretty pretty decent to come in for him. Um, whether the only the only options in my mind would be perhaps. He's a London lad, obviously. Um, a move back down south might suit him for his family situation. You just don't know. Millwall Maybe QPR or something like that. Millwall QPR Luton, but is he QPR level? Because they 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 want to get to the Premier League. They've dropped off massively the last three weeks, and it doesn't look like they're going to get in the playoffs. But Millwall possibly they play three at the back normally. If Rico had any sense about him, he would not move to Millwall. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Um, Luton, but they you never know. They might be in the Premier League next year, in which case they definitely wouldn't sign him. So. I think there's a limited market for him. I'm not saying he only can go to London clubs that would be, you know, short-sighted. But I, I, I'd just be surprised if anyone really came in for him in a big way in the Championship and wanted to pay. Let's be honest, he's probably worth. If he's out of contract the following season, he's still worth a million, isn't he? He's, still, he's got to be 100% got to be yeah, worth a million. 100%. So 100%. is someone going to pay a million for him? Money's not, so, not, you know, it's quite tight after the pandemic and stuff. Is someone going to shell out a million on him? Um, yeah, possibly. Um, I think if someone comes in with a million for him, we'd have to think about it. Um, but if we can, if we can tie him down to a new contract and then say to him, 
look, if someone comes in with two million we'll, and you want to go, we'll let you go. It's just got to be done like professionally and stuff, hasn't it? It doesn't mean just because he signed a new deal that he won't go look at an Elka 10 years ago. Um, exactly. the management here seems to have you know got themselves into a situation whereby all the major assets are protected really which is why you know there's a bit of a spotlight on, on Rico's contract even though we're talking a year down the line because it's the only one really that we don't seem to have covered our own backsides with um, yeah. and and at the end of the day, as you said, there's a lot of mitigating factors that sort of would dictate that he's going to either stay and or you know we'll, we'll get a reasonable fee for him if, if there were the vultures circling. I mean, I'm intrigued to know, actually, it would be really, really fascinating to see which of those clubs were the ones that inquired about him because you're right, you know, from a logical, make, making sense point of view for him for a next move, it would be interesting to see which ones thought that they were in with a shout. Um, but, you know, obviously we're not privy to, to those discussions. But, uh, no, I think, mm. I think we can safely say that it's fairly unanimously positive that he's going to be a Walter Wanderers player uh, for uh, the next few years, assuming that we don't have a massive tail off and end up uh, in some kind of godforsaken league or relegation battle or in the wilderness like Sheffield United were for years. We can we can but hope that that uh, doesn't occur. Um, you touched on it there, Lee, that we think it's probably going to be Barnsley, Derby and uh, Peterborough who come down from uh, the Championship next season. James, can, can you make a case for any of them getting themselves out of it and dragging Reading into it? Uh, potentially Barnsley because they've been on pretty good form. If you'd asked me like about a month ago, I'd have written them off completely. So... They needed to beat. They needed to beat Reading yesterday. That was a massive game, and they let like a late equaliser in. So yeah, but, yeah, but it's about... also, yeah, but it's also not the end of the world. Like, like I say, it's it's unlucky, but it's but it's still ground that they can make up, especially with how poor Reading have been. So. I, it probably is still going to be them three, but I definitely wouldn't rule out Barnsley's chances of staying up. Um, I think Derby have just let some of their momentum slip. They're not going to stay up. And Peterborough just seem to be absolutely at champions le- championship level. So Yeah, they're, they're always brilliant. They're always very, very good at League One, though. They're very rarely drop down to the point where they're, they're no good in League One. So they'll, they'll definitely be up there next season, I would have thought. I was going to give them a follow-up. That was going to be my follow-up. You know, out of those three, I think Peterborough are the ones that would worry me most about challenging at the top end of next season. I, I think there could be a hell of a lot of teams. I mean, it's, it's very competitive at the moment, to be fair. But you know, let's let's assume that Portsmouth and Ipswich stay down because they're the ones outside of the uh, playoffs at the moment. Ipswich next season, with the money that they've got, could surely mm. go and do what we're going to have done this year. Um, you know, Peterborough know this at the back of their hand, assuming that they don't lose the likes of Clark Harris and uh, uh, Schwedix yeah. and who else, whoever else is in their side who, who's playing well at the moment. Um, Lee, obviously, we discussed um, teams coming down, the, the, the teams that are going to be still in uh, League One next season. You know, obviously, one of Sunderland, uh, Plymouth, Wickham, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Portsmouth, Ipswich, all of those people who could potentially be in the playoffs, they're still going to be in League One uh, next season. Most of them, it's going to be ridiculously difficult for us to compete with all these teams coming down and also these teams staying down. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think out of that bunch you just mentioned, I think Sheffield Wednesday for me are the one that we probably need to uh, say goodbye to. Hopefully they'll get promoted because I just think they're they're too big a club to be down here. But you can obviously say that about Sunderland, you can say that about Ipswich, you can say that about us really um, but you know we're probably below the pecking order in, in terms of that with, with Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland if you look at it in terms of the base and stadium size etc etc but um, yeah I mean whoever goes up and whoever stays in the league there's, it's still going to be absolutely packed isn't it it's going to be absolutely rammed with, with quality really and for us to get in the playoffs it's, it's still going to be tough I think automatic and automatic next season we'd have to really have some amazing business in in the, in the summer to be looking at a team good enough to go up automatically but 
I mean, there's there's MK Dons as well. I don't think you even mentioned them, and, and they're basically sec- they're pretty much second in the league, and they they might even go up instead of Rotherham at this rate. Um, really hard to call, but yeah, it's going to be stacked to get into the league. It's it's going to be sort of the top the top eight is going to be very much. There's a bit of a league within the league isn't there at the moment. I think the top eleven teams, and we're obviously bottom of that top eleven if you look at it that way. Um, and still far and away, but yeah, ahead of everybody else. And, and the other thirteen teams, uh, I mean, there's still some good teams in that thirteen teams that that we haven't beaten this season, like Cambridge, obviously, and um, and and Cheltenham. Um, we beat Cambridge at home. Yeah, we did do actually, didn't we? But um, they beat us away, and they, they, you know they won at Ipswich yesterday. So they know, they know this, in the in the other thirteen teams, there's a lot of teams there who've, who've battered us, like Fleetwood and Atkinson well, battered us, but they beat us. And you know, there's plenty of other teams apart from the, the really good sides at the top of the league. There's there's plenty of teams who can buddy your nose in the in the bottom thirteen as well. So it's it really is a tough league. It's 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 not an easy one to get out of, and I'd. If you ask me now, will we get out of it next season? You know, like I say, another, another gun to me. I don't know why there's so many guns to me tonight, but if the, if you had a gun to me, will we get out of it next season? Obviously, without knowing the, the, the summer recruitment, I'd probably say no. I think there's too much. There's still too much quality teams, and there's still too many good good outfits that we. That I think we still just get out of it next season. But I'm not without hope. The way we've played this season, and I'm, I'm certainly not without hope that we'll get into the playoffs. But the playoffs is a a lottery, isn't it? But so. Um, to a point so we'll just just have to wait and see I suppose but yeah I certainly want Sheffield Wednesday to go up Uh, in terms of teams leaving the league um, I I just really want Fleetwood to go down because I think it's just horrible playing up there isn't it it's just a (laughs) shithole absolute shithole and the pitch is shit and the captain pugwash music and it's just set up for us to lose every time we go up there I think and I don't know I know we did win there when it was it Lafondre scored two from the race crosses and Prattley came back from injury and stuff, you know, back in league one oh, parky. But but I just think it's the type of place where we just don't just don't do well, is it? And I think the rest of the teams to go down, I think more can uh, we, we struggle against them as well. Um Yeah, but with there's ulterior motives wanting Morecambe to go ahead against Yeah, as, as well. Much. But I think we, we want Morecambe now and let's get Fleetwood down with them. Donny and crew have got a down anyway, so that's the They're floor gone, I yeah. want. I think we we tend to do well against Gillingham. We tend to do well against AFC Wimbledon. I don't for some reason. Um, so um, yeah, like I say, I think they're, they're the teams I want to go down. The teams coming up looks like it's in the Forest Green, and then take your pick of three from God knows about set, about eighteen teams who seem to still be in the promotion race in League Two. So League Two's mental, and whoever comes up from there, you, you, there's no one in there at local. There's not like a, a Rochdale. You know, they're, they're nowhere well, near, I was going to come to James on that actually, to be fairly about um, if, when it comes to promotion from League Two, anyone but Tranmere, Jimmy? Yeah, 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 yeah. If if we're going to have a quote unquote local team come up, uh, probably the closest bet we've got is Mansfield. Although to be fair, Salford could also. Miles away. No one wants that plastic club, club to get promoted. Mansfield. I don't want anywhere near that pitch at Mansfield. I don't. I don't want to go anywhere near that place. Thank you very much. Or Newport for that. Closest place we could go to because if you're looking at yeah. up here, we've got uh, Forest Green Rovers, Exeter. Uh, Point Vale's not the farthest, but it's also not that near. I wouldn't want Exeter to either. Uh, Northampton, Bristol, uh, Newport, Swindon, and Sutton are also in the mix as well, along mm. with the previous three teams that I mentioned. 
No, I mean, yeah. Swindon and Sutton wouldn't be too bad for me, but uh, but I'm based on what I saw from Sutton today. You know, they're they're basically running on empty. I think at the moment, yeah, they're, they're, there's a lot of a uh, lot of heart that's gone into the run that they have managed yeah. to get to get themselves into into this position. But um, you know, I think they're just about running out of steam against you know the old reliables up there at the top of uh, League Two in, in Forest Green and Exeter. But um, yeah, certainly no no local derbies that we want to occur because I'd love Tranmere to stay down. Thank you very much. Um, like I'd yeah, like, uh, I'd like them to on. go up. You know what? I just want, I want to beat them. I just think the the two results last season were just not an anomaly because they probably deserved to beat us in both games because we were abject. But I want to put that right. I, out of all of them, I'd probably wouldn't mind Tranmere coming up because I think we're good enough to beat them. And I think nah, give me Salford. That'll be an easy six points. No, nah, they. I don't <laughs> think they're going to. They might sneak in the playoffs. You know, they might just do it. They're on a good run. On a good run. But um, yeah, Salford. Salford as well. They're the type of team like we just. We should go there and win. We should beat them. What did what did we do against last season? We beat them one 0 at their place. Did we beat them at home? Yeah, yeah we did at home. Yeah, we six six points. So sky. yeah, Jordan Turnbull time, goals masterclass. That was it. Yeah, that was when our season <laughs> looked like it was going to turn, and then we had a terrible December after that, didn't we? But yeah, like I, said, I, I, I really wouldn't mind if Tranmere and Salford both came up. I think it just they're the type of sides we should be beating. It's the type of sides that would generate a bit of an extra interest in our season because this season has not really been. Apart from Wigan, there's there's been no other derby, has there? There's been nothing, has there? Well, I mean, I mean, we've had a few teams that we've got quite a few teams. Fleetwood, Morecambe, yeah, Markham, um, uh, not a derby, though, is it? Not that far. Uh, Aki's pretty close. Um, yeah, true. Tranmere's not a derby, but there's the, there's the historical rivalry, and there's something there from really, the nineties. Really, derbies or rivalries outside? No, of, outside of Wigan, really. But Wigan, yeah, true. Nearby and uh, yeah. You know, easy to sell tickets out for, and make a good atmosphere, uh, all that sort of True. thing. But we tend to lose every one of them, don't we? Tom? So if we're playing anyone, <laughs> any of our local rivals, we just tend to lose. But um, this isn't great. Yeah, apart from, apart from yesterday. One thing, one thing that we need to improve upon for next season, we need to not have this soft underbelly when it when there's a real fight on in a football match. Because well, giving yesterday. these teams head starts against us is just doing my head in because we do it against our local rivals every single time. I can't, exactly. I can't be dealing with that anymore. Yeah. Yesterday, at least, we came back and we got the point. That's the start, isn't it? The start. Well, I think, I think the important thing that ever, that ever said was the fact that, you know, it gives them belief to show that they can, uh, you know, perform against the, the, the li- really good litmus test in the, in League One. You know, the, the teams who are going to be gunning for promotion and the teams who spent a hell of a lot of money as well. Um, so yeah, I think I think looking at the teams coming up from League Two, I don't think they're going to stand much for Captain Hill's chance of doing a, a, a double promotion or even getting into the top half, such as the the cash that's trickled down to uh, to League One. So yeah, you know I think we've done quite well to be where we are this season. Uh, hopefully we can finish off the uh, the season strong. We've got a couple of difficult games coming up, but then a few more easy ones to, to finish off uh, the year. But uh, it looks like it's going to be a a mid table finish. Just before we go, gents, obviously thank you very much for for joining me for you know a discussion. It's been obviously a very very long time and a pleasure to be able to talk with you again just want to have a very very quick line from the pair of you about how you feel overall about Bolt Wanderers finishing around about mid-table in, in League One as it looks as though it's going to going to be James I'll come to you first yeah yeah I remember my um, pre-season prediction that we'd finish in the playoffs probably it was probably a bit ambitious in hindsight but hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it um, at, at mid-table especially in the up, especially in the top half of the table uh, finish you, you definitely can't complain about that just being promoted and it's probably for the best a season of building to figure out the lack of weakness uh, the weakness in our areas and hopefully push on really strong for an automatic promotion challenging campaign next season 
We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. This team, th- this team's going to inspire next season. <laughs> Ever the optimist, Lee. What you? Any other closing thoughts? Sounds like uh, something from the, the the marketing team put together for uh, for the season ticket campaign or something. Like that James, this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this team is going to inspire. Yeah, you're a grass, James. He'll love you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I think well in the preseason predictions, um, I went for us to finish eleventh, and that to me looks pretty likely. Um, that'd be two years in a row. I've got that exact position correct. So I went. Third um, in League Two, um, for us to and for us to get promoted at Crawley. So if I got that, if I got eleventh right again, that's pretty nice for Vamasy, isn't it? But um, anyway, I'll, the glo- gloating, pointless gloating aside, um, yeah. If we went up to the Championship, we'd struggle like fuck the season. Let's be honest. Excuse my language. We really would. Um, it would be a real, real push for us to. A real stretch to think that we could compete in the championship with our current guys. So I think you know another campaign in League One um, is hundred percent now. Obviously, even if we won every game from now to the end of the season, in my opinion, we wouldn't make it. So I think in regards to um, the way the campaign's gone at Christmas, we looked pretty pretty shocking. Um, obviously, COVID helped definitely in getting the games called off, uh, and I think it's just a case of. Um, uh, we we go again in the summer and we just bring some more quality in and luckily we don't need to bring in more than probably three or four keeper centre back another wing back maybe another attacking midfielder depends if Dapo goes we're not even discussed the fact that Dapo might go um, no I don't think he's done yeah. enough in the second half of the season I'd, I agree I agree personally I agree but it's not beyond the realm's possibility for a data analytic person to look at all the data analytics that he's top of or was top of it certainly in going into sort of like February March, uh, and and think could he do a job in a in a mid table, maybe even higher championship side or be an option off the bench. So it's not beyond the rounds possibility that there's bids coming for Dapo. The thing is he's on another he's got another two years to go. So that's the good news is is they're gonna have to come in with more than two million for him. Otherwise it's probably not worth how well letting him go. Uh, he was much better yesterday. That one run he did was was superb, but. He's, there's still something not quite right with him, um, but anyway, I, I'm going to answer with that. But in regards to um, in regards to the season overall, I think we've got to be happy with it. Going into the January window, we we certainly needed something, and the players that have come in have done the business, and you know we're we're looking a lot stronger and healthier. For us to even be within a shout, the players would sort of like nine, ten games left, yeah, which there's obviously there's a lot to be said when all none of our January signings have flopped. Yeah, I don't think any of them. Are, they've all had good games, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. So it's, yeah, I think overall you've got to look at the the season as as a positive. I think um, on the preseason prediction, Chris was quite down and said if we avoid relegation, we'll have done well. But we, I think we've we've well, we've we've never really looked well. We did have like maybe probably three four weeks in in December, especially around the Atkinson defeat, the Fleetwood defeat, where we looked a bit ropey and we were, I think we were only three points above the drop zone for for a little time. But obviously those sort of six wins in eight, or was it six, six wins in a row, wasn't it? And then eight wins in ten or whatever we had certainly pushed us miles clear of that sort of situation. So um, overall, I think if you're ranking it as like a, a school homework situation, I think you've got to look as like a, a B-plus season um, overall, I think. Maybe a B. I think a B-plus would probably be a plus, wouldn't it? But I think overall we've 
we've probably exceeded our my expectation probably slightly. Um, although if we finish eleventh, that's exactly what I said we'd be. So um, <laughs> it's exa- I think it's um, it's progress. The, the clubs are united. I think Everton, Sharon Britain, that seems to have a pretty harmonious you know working relationship. I don't think Everton's going anywhere. I think stability is good. I think the fact we don't need many players in the summer is great. I think the fact that we've brought young players in on loan like Trafford, Fossey, um, I think of any others right off the top of my head, I think that's probably it. But, uh, you know, it proves that we can handle young players from bigger clubs. So if we want to go in for someone who's alone from a Premier League team, then, we, you know, we might even be first choice in that division, depending on locality, etc. Obviously, it didn't really matter with Fossey, but with Trafford, uh, if City have another young stay, they want to give us Mac a tea, never know, um, something like that. Yeah, I know. It would provide the X factor. I think he'll probably go championship, or you know, you never even know lower prem, but you just probably championship. But I think the fact that we're, we're ticking a lot of boxes. What I'm trying to say, I'll, I'll wrap it up now because I've got to go back inside. But I think we're ticking a lot of boxes. No we do, we're doing a lot of things right, and um, I'm positive. I think I think there's a good chance we'll have a good campaigning in next season. And if that means promotion, brilliant. If it means uh, you know, we miss out on the players again. It's not the end of the world. I think we're progressing as a club, progressing as a team, and that's the main thing. That's the main thing, isn't it, really? Indeed, progression, harmony, and a reasonable footballing uh, experience at, at the at the Reebok Stadium at the moment. I think that's how we can summarise um, you know this season thus far. Getting twelve thousand season tickets already on the board doesn't uh, doesn't hurt either. Awesome, thank you very much for that, lads. Uh, yeah, I think we can certainly um, say that we're, we're we're back and up and running. Hopefully, with a bit more regularity over the coming weeks uh, as the season draws to a close. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for giving me your time, James and Lee. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, to episode one hundred and seventy of the Line of Industry podcast and we will see you very soon bye bye